Hello everyone and welcome to the Highbury Hangout podcast. In today's episode we're going to be talking all about Arsenal's pass to the Champions League. So on Friday, Arsenal's first stages of the Champions League games were confirmed, allowing us to see a bit of a clearer path of how we're going to make it into the group stages, as our path this season will differ to how we got there last time, just based on where we finished in the league and also the fact that this time round, Chelsea are in a different path than us, not just because they won the league once again, but because their path was made a little easier, just based on the fact that as well as topping their league, Barcelona also won the Champions League, which meant that Chelsea didn't then have to play in the pre-stages. So, for example, how Arsenal played Ajax last season to get to the group stages. So we won't see Chelsea way until the group stages, just for record. But unfortunately, before Arsenal can even begin to start thinking about group stages of the Champions League, we need to play our first team, which is the Swedish side, Linköping. So we are in the league path as opposed to the champions path and we'll play our first game on the 6th of September, which for anyone familiar also is about two weeks after the final of the World Cup, not leaving a lot of time if we do have any players that make it all the way. But then should we win that game against the Swedish side, we will then take on the winners of another game that is going on a very in the same mini tournament between Paris FC and FC. Kriv Bass and these games then take place three days later after the initial games, so a fairly quick turnaround for everyone involved. What we then refer to as these mini tournaments take place, just they're one-legged games and they also all take place in the same location. Now, it's unlikely to be held at home for the Gunners purely because the Emirates, that would take a lot of work and time to really prepare for it, the pitch, so many games, so many intense games just before the start of the WSL and Premier League season and also there's other events that we know are happening at the Emirates at a fairly similar time Um, so I think that's unlikely and then in regards to Boreham Wood they don't actually get their fixtures until July 5th so not enough time to know their answers and availability for the pitch versus the tournament requirements. Obviously sadly Ukraine the inside Krivbass are there's just too many logistical issues with playing at home so then that leaves the Swedish side and the French side now I know that lots of people are going to be hoping for the French side especially if you're from London obviously very easy to get to I honestly kind of thought it would be a 50-50 chance from both the only indication we have at the minute is that Paris FC's Twitter account made a tweet suggesting that we're all going to play in Sweden But when we get official confirmation, whether that be from Arsenal or UEFA, I of course will update you on socials as to the location of the games. Now, following the mini-tournament, should we make it through that, we'll then go on to a further qualifying games, and at this point, the likes of Wolfsburg, PSG, Real Madrid and our WSL rivals Manchester United come into the mix. So as you can imagine, this is when things get really, really difficult. And it's at this stage also that Man City have always really failed and struggled. And it's at this stage people really often start thinking about why there isn't a Europa League for the women's teams, simply because it is a bit mind-boggling that the likes of Real Madrid and Manchester City often leave at this stage, but really should be on the European stage. And then the winners of that selection then, of course, make it into the group stage where we return to where like Chelsea and Barcelona have already secured their places. Ultimately, I think that our run-ins for this 
point of the competition are good although definitely could have been better but I think the main thing for me is that we've avoided Frankfurt, Juventus and Levante which I think were the real big ones we were trying to avoid and actually super interestingly Frankfurt and Juve are in the same group so they will probably play each other um, as I imagine both of those teams will beat their first opponents. I think probably that game will be worth watching even if you're not a fan of either team. There's a lot of big stars in both sides. Now that we've got a real understanding of how the competition works and where we can realistically get to, I think it'll be great to take an initial look at our first opponent's Lynn Sherping. Obviously, closer to the game, I'll be doing an in-depth preview, which you'll be able to find on the blog. But let's take a brief look at the minute on what we do know. So while Arsenal will definitely go into this game as firm favourites, Lynn Sherping should definitely not be taken lightly. The Swedish side used to be home to three current gunners, Lena Herting, Stina Blackstenius and Frieda Mornham. And interestingly as well, they've had huge talents in the past as well. Think of... Ericsson and Harder, who just left Chelsea for Bayern together and probably quite funny here there is somewhat of a house derby as Frieda Mornham's partner plays for Lynn Sherping as well and Frieda has already posted on socials about seeing her there. So look out for Emma Lynn who is a super talented footballer as well. The team have actually missed out on European football as of late, not appearing in the Champions League since the 2018-19 season, but in the past they have made it to the quarterfinals three times in the 2010-11 season, the 2014-15 season and most recently the 2017-18 season and then obviously had a little bit of a gap, but domestically they have continued to really push and also win trophies as well. But many of you may be surprised to know that Lynn Sherping and Arsenal have actually met before in this competition, all the way back in the 2011-12 season. That time round, the Gunners weren't on away goals after drawing 3-3 on aggregate. Interestingly, Kim Little and Jen Beattie both played in those games. Obviously, this time round, we will just be playing Lynn Sherping the once, and obviously away goals don't count in this competition anymore. Not that that would be relevant to a one-legged game, obviously. So unlike the WSL and many other European teams, the league has actually started back up in Sweden and currently the sides sit fourth. Their most recent game on the 9th of June saw them win 2-1 and the game before that saw them win 3-1 against Uppsala. Now they're definitely doing really well. But I'm sure one of the things you'll notice, even if you just give a quick glance to the recent records, is they are very good at scoring goals, but they're also very poor as they let a lot of goals in. And it's been a quite a long time, a long stretch since they had a clean sheet. Now, I think there's quite a few ways to look at this. I Obviously, Arsenal have a lot of firepower. But thinking back to the Ajax games, for example, it wasn't until Viv Miedemar had that moment of brilliance and she was able to score against Ajax and just kind of scraped Arsenal through. Obviously, once we then got to the group stage, we performed amazingly and our run of form was very, very impressive. However, these games can sometimes be quite difficult, those ones where it's, you know, high pressure, but you have to grind it out. I think we can expect it to be quite a physical game probably as well. Now, looking on the flip side, I don't think Miedemar will be available for this game. I think it'll just be too soon in her rehabbing and recovery situation. 
but we have already been building our front line. We will have Chloe Lacasse, and if rumours are to be believed, which I think we should be believing them, we'll also have Alessia Russo. With the added threat of Frida and Stina and Lena, who all also capable of scoring goals, but also very much know this team. But looking at our opponents now, I think the player to watch for me is Japanese winger Yuka Momiki. She has scored six goals, bagged three assists in the last 13 matches. So definitely a very impressive talent there. But as I said, I will be providing a lot more detail on the side as we come up to the game. Ultimately, I do think we should be okay. I definitely see Arsenal getting at the very least, if not further, to the next round where the likes of PSG and so such come in. But what do we all think, Gunas? Are you happy with this draw? Are you wanting to see more signings based on this? Or are you feeling, you know, quietly confident? Maybe you've even started to look at plane tickets or train tickets to get to the game. Now, taking a brief look at other Arsenal news, we're obviously starting to really see who's being called up for the World Cup. We have many in the provisional squads. We're still waiting on quite a lot to narrow it down to their 23-player squads. But at the minute, we know that a lot of Uber Moy is going for England and Cool and Pulover have been called up. Unfortunately, no call up for Gio. Obviously, she did struggle for minutes. But talking of Brazil, obviously no longer an Arsenal player, but Rafa has been called up, which will be really exciting to see her on the field again. Similarly, Leah Volti will captain her Swiss side. They recently drew 3-3 against Zambia in a friendly. Leah is still coming back from her injury, so did not play, but was on the sidelines to really help guide her team to the draw. We have more international captains in the form of Katie McCabe as well. She's spoken really profoundly of the honour it is to lead this side out. Their first game will, of course, be the opening game where they will play Australia. And throwing it back to our soon-to-be opponents, their former players for them, Stina Baxenius, Lena Hertig and Freedom Warnham have all been confirmed for the World Cup as well. Of those that are remaining, there is of course no doubt in my mind that Caitlin Ford and Steph Catley will be playing for Australia. They have made the provisional squad and we are waiting news on them. Looking at some of our other players actually now, we know that Anna Patton is likely to be leaving Arsenal. She is of course an academy product and a childhood gooner, so this could be a really difficult goodbye. But she's of course been on loan a lot most recently with Aston Villa. According to journalist Emma Sanders, it does look likely that it could be back to Aston Villa on a permanent move or potentially Brighton as well. But more positively, I of course mentioned that Arsenal have made some big signings. Chloe Lacasse, who is Sabrina D'Angelo's Canadian teammate, but also Amanda Elistet, who plays for Sweden, and she will also be going to the World Cup, so another one to look out for. In regards to other signings, as I said, it is essentially pretty much confirmed that Alessia Russo will join Arsenal. Obviously, we haven't had the official confirmation. To be honest, I do think that we need to wait at least until after July 1st and then give a little gap. I think Alessia will want it to be out of the press as much as possible, just simply because she wants to focus on the World Cup. This is why I don't think we've heard anything uh, prior to this friendly game against Portugal. Obviously, they have a little time off to spend with friends and family, and then they'll be heading to Australia where they will have one more game but that will be probably behind closed doors 
and then we are into World Cup territory. I am very much hoping and anticipating this will be announced before the start of the World Cup, but in the excitement of the transfer window, I think it's important to remember the important business that Arsenal have done outside of this in terms of contract extensions. So far confirmed is Leah Volti, Kim Little, Frieda Mornham, Steph Catley, Caitlin Ford, Beth Mead, and recently in the last few days, Jen Beattie as well. So, really securing the squad there as well as bringing in new talent i think this is great business we also have had outgoings in the form of mana iwabuchi she was of course on loan to spurs this season um didn't really work out there either in terms of minutes although she did have more at spurs than arsenal as a result she also hasn't made the japan squad for the world cup and it doesn't end there for Arsenal, we're of course also preparing for the future, so Michelle Ajimang, Naomi Williams and Freya Godfrey have all committed their future to Arsenal. So Naomi Williams is a goalkeeper, Freya Godfrey um, plays in various positions, you've already seen her play for Arsenal in the WSL this season. They're both 18, so they have signed their first professional contracts, whereas Michelle is a little bit younger, not by much, and she has essentially signed a contract which commits her to signing her professional deal when she turns 18. All three are huge talents. Most recently, we've seen Michelle Ajemang absolutely tear it up in her age group for England. And finally, one of the last things I wanted to end on is some really positive news. We, of course, now know that Viv Miedemar is running on grass and kicking the ball. She did joke that she was looking a little bit stiff when kicking it and promised that that would improve, which we know, of course, it will. She had lots of the players there to cheer her on, including Taya Goldie, Lee Williamson, Beth Mead, Kim Little, Jen Beattie and more. But just to circle back to the initial start of this podcast, we are of course excited to see all our players in the World Cup. Um, I will be putting out a blog just so you know who to be watching and where and when. But ultimately, I think this news is positive in regards to our draw. I think we should be okay. We should win. Um, but I do think it will be one of those where we might go in a little too confident not intentionally just i think these things subconsciously happen so it might have to be a bit of a grind out movement but i think we have the firepower and the goalkeeping prowess to secure this win in the meantime happy pride month everyone you of course can look out for the gay gooners on saturday who will be part of london pride march and you can normally expect to see some players on there unfortunately pride day like the parade is clashing with the lionesses game and obviously world cup preparations so whereas in the past you've seen the likes of jordan Nobbs, beth mead caitlin ford they obviously won't be available but maybe i think we could see jen Beatty, and of course make sure we all are liking the socials on that but i hope you all have a great time and if you're heading to the world cup obviously have an amazing time this will probably be the final podcast until the world cup happens and then when we get to the end of the world cup i will be doing a review of how all our players got on thanks for listening bye